0: More Republican candidates are jumping into the presidential race, one we know well here in the Midwest. Former Indiana governor and former vice president, Mike Pence.
1: I have long believed to whom much is given, much will be required. My family and I have been blessed beyond measure with opportunities to serve this nation, and it'd be easy to stay on the sidelines. But that's not how I was raised. That's why today, before God and my family, I'm announcing I'm running for president of the United States.
0: Former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie and North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum are also in. So there are now 10 GOP candidates vying to replace President Joe Biden. But Pence, Christie, or anyone else, do they have what it takes to best former President Donald Trump in the primary? Well, here to discuss is Lynn Sweet, who's a Washington Bureau chief for the Chicago Sun-Times. Good to have you back on the program, Lynn.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: I kind of feel like I'm having deja vu, Lynn, from from 2016 when the Republican field was so sizable. Is this maybe history repeating itself or does this primary actually feel different?
1: Well, this is different. Let me just tell you some ways how we can compare and contrast it to between 2016 and 2023. One, Sasha, is that Republicans know to take the Trump candidacy seriously. He is a candidate who could win in 2016. Uh, He was not challenged. He was not gone after. No one took him on because no one thought he could win. Clearly now uh, the people running know that that's wrong. Another big difference is that we have had since 2016 a breakdown of the Republican Party. The Republican Party of 2016 does not exist anymore. It is now run and dominated by the MAGA wing of the party. And that's evidence from local elections on up to Congress. So here's another thing we know, if we suspected it in 2016, we know it now, that Trump defies political gravity. Twice impeached, indicted once, possibly more indictments for various things, including grand juries probing Trump for his handling of classified documents and for whether or not he did anything improper in trying to change election results in Georgia. And so
0: yeah. Unbelievable. That is what's
1: different. Yes. And the other things, if I could quickly make these points, is that now it's known, beyond a doubt, that a big field of candidates works to Trump's advantage. So all this means that as this race really gets going, and as today we had just uh, two people jump in, mm-hmm. and Chris Christie last mm-hmm. night, By any measure in any poll, Trump is the front runner.
0: Let's talk about a couple of these uh, most recent entrants here, starting with former Vice President Mike Pence. We just heard a little bit of the, the video that he released making his announcement. He's going to be in Iowa today as well, talking to voters. Why is he starting there, Lynn?
1: Well, he's starting in Iowa because that is the first in the country vote for a presidential candidate. But also, he is running to appeal to the faith-based wing of the Republican Party. And Iowa is a state with a heavy and influential group of evangelical voters. So let me just give you some history to kind of prove my point. In 2016, 2012, and 2008, when Ted Cruz, Rick Santorum, and Mike Huckabee won the Iowa caucus, these were all candidates with deep tie to evangelical Iowa, Christian voters. Mm,
0: Okay. You know, there's been a lot of commentary already that that Pence does not have a shot here in this race. What do you think is motivating his run? Like, how does he think he can actually win votes here?
1: You don't, at this stage, it, it probably doesn't have to be clear. At this stage, the step one is to make sure you get in the debates and then see who actually is even going to be around come August when the first debate is in uh, Milwaukee, the home of the 2024 Republican convention. Pence can have a lane, a path, possibly if Florida Governor DeSantis and former President Trump mutually destroy each other. Mm. But that then could be true for others, such as Chris Christie, uh, who's running, maybe Nikki Haley. So I guess step one is to see if mutual destruction can result to take down Trump and DeSantis. That's a very iffy proposition. And or if there are just enough evangelical uh, Christian voters to Consolidate support behind Mike Pence.
0: And, and to your your point, there, Pence has returned to his messaging that we've heard a lot over the years. You know, he's from the Heartland. He's he's from an Irish immigrant family. He's truly lived the American dream. It,
1: it,
0: is that going to resonate? You think in twenty twenty three?
1: Well, let me tell you one thing that might because in Illinois. Well, even though you're you th- th- you might think of Illinois as a Democratic state that is voting for voted for Democratic presidential candidates in the general election since 1992, we have a fairly early primary in March of 2024, where we could have an influence on who the Republican nominee may be. All this to say about Mike Pence, perhaps our listeners knew or knew and forgot that he has roots in Chicago. Uh, His parents, Nancy and Edward, they grew up on the South Side. His grandfather drove a CTA bus in Chicago for more than 44 years. So the Pence family in Chicago has its roots at 55th and honorary. So at least oh. in Chicago, he has some local story to tell. And he's been, you know, growing up, he was here a lot visiting his family. So all that to say, it's still going to be a tough road ahead for anyone in this Republican primary yeah. who's not named DeSantis or Trump.
0: Let's talk about uh Former governor of New Jersey, Chris Christie, who we've, we've mentioned, he ran and lost the primary back in 2016. Later, Christie was a, a Trump backer, um, uh, turned Trump critic. Now, in his campaign launch speech, Christie explicitly attacked Trump by name, which, you know, the other candidates, they've been more hesitant to do so. Let's listen to a little bit of Christie.
1: He is, for those of you who read the Harry Potter books, like Voldemort. He is he who shall not be named. (laughs) Well, let me be clear. The person I am talking about who is obsessed with the mirror, who never admits a mistake, who never admits a fault, and who always finds someone else and something else to blame for whatever goes wrong,
0: but finds every reason to take credit for anything that goes right, is Donald Trump. What are your thoughts, Lynn, on, on that strategy from the former governor?
1: Well, it's a long shot. Uh, he is going to be the only one right now in this field who so frontally and essentially is willing to go after Donald Trump. He is the candidate who wants to take out Donald Trump more than the others right now. Uh, so here's the risk and reward of that strategy, Sasha. The risk is he's successful. He can, let's say, take down Donald Trump. But will he get the reward, which is that it opens up a path for him to claim the nomination? I don't think in my analysis at this stage that knocking down Trump necessarily advances Christie's nomination. Uh, And the other thing to point out to see how this plays is that Chris Christie, as Mike Pence, as Nikki Haley, who was the Trump United Nations ambassador, they may be critical in their own ways, muted for Haley, muted for Pence, uh, explicit for Christie, but they all people who served Donald Trump and in some sense helped enable him and the behavior that they're now critical of that was apparent mm. years ago even before the rise of conspiracy theories and denialism, the events that led to his uh, two impeachment, and of course the uh, refusal to acknowledge the election, and the defense of the January 6th attackers on the Capitol, who were doing that to try and stop the formalization of the election of uh, Joe Biden as president. Right.
0: This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. If you're just joining us, we're discussing the ever expanding field of Republican candidates entering the 2024 Republican primary, including former Vice President Mike Pence and former Governor of New Jersey, Chris Christie, who recently joined the race. Here, breaking it all down for us is Lynn Sweet, Washington Bureau Chief for the Chicago Sun Times. So, Lynn, we talked there about Chris Christie, you know, having already gone on the offensive against Donald Trump. Tell us more about the strategies that we're seeing from some of the other candidates. Like, how are they attempting to maybe separate themselves from from the former president, from Trump?
1: So Nikki Haley, for example, is going after both uh, DeSantis and Trump. Uh, she was critical of them both for supporting previous debt ceilings. But I don't know if that is something that could uh, motivate uh or expand her reach. i going by policy. Yeah. Uh, you have South Carolina oh. Senator Tim Scott, who is portraying himself as, in a sense as a peacemaker. But Ace, former Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson, has been a Trump critic. He has spoken out against conspiracy theories and denialism. But I think the the thing to watch is is anyone making an explicit argument about whether a future in the United States with Trump as president is the best for the nation. Uh, Does he indeed represent a threat to democracy because of the things he has done to uh, deny the 2020 election results Mm -hmm. and results since then and his subsequent behavior? So the calculation is that, Uh, Some candidates may just, the 10 may just not be willing uh, to do that. Uh, The other thing I had mentioned a few minutes ago uh, about the August 24th debate as the first time we could figure out uh, what and how Trump's uh, popularity, if it is enduring. The one thing I guess I should add to that is we don't even know if Trump will make that debate. Uh, one of the things the Republican National Committee has asked is that anyone who goes into the debate pledges support for the GOP nominee. Uh, I think we'll see candidates who don't want to do that, including former President Trump. And we'll see what happens and also to see if everybody uh, could qualify. So I, I think that that's kind of the difference at the moment between this big field, those who are explicit in their criticism of Trump and perhaps DeSantis, but mostly if they do look at the front runners, yeah, or if not,
0: things aren't quite as busy on the Democratic side. We know that, but you, you recently wrote about a fundraiser here in Illinois where Biden will be in attendance. Briefly tell us what we know about it.
1: Well, on June 28th, uh, Biden will be coming in for a uh, big dollar fundraiser. It's hosted by. Governor J.B. Pritzker and his wife MK. Uh Biden is stepping up his fundraising a bit before the end of the month. June 30th mm-hmm. is the end of the second quarter. And those fundraising numbers come out in mid-July. And they're they're a political scorecard. It's always better to have a very big robust showing uh than than not. Uh but this also comes as Biden also has to, as he's gearing up his campaign, mm-hmm. shows his electability, shows his health. One of the things, if I could kind of connect what we were talking about in the Republican field, is that to Biden and coming in and, and tra- you know stepping up his campaign, is that the argument of so many of the candidates and uh, Donald Trump in a new uh, commercial that he put out this morning mm-hmm. Uh, called uh, Wolves, is that is the electability argument that who is best electable against uh, Joe Biden. And when you start having that test, it's a way, I suppose, of taking a hit at Joe Biden and at the same time uh, be a way of criticizing Trump implicitly and not explicitly. But anyway, Biden coming to Chicago. Chicago is going to host the 2024 National Convention. Right. Uh, I made the point in in the column uh, that some of the big donors that are going to be asked to donate substantially to the Biden effort to win a second term are also some of the same people that will be asked to donate or fundraise heavily for the Chicago Hosts Committee. Right. One of them, of course, already said he's willing to make substantial donations is our billionaire governor, J.B. Pritzker. Yeah.
0: Lynn Sweet is uh, Washington Bureau Chief for the Chicago Sun-Times. Thank you so much for the update, Lynn. Good to talk with you. Thank,
1: thank you, Sasha.